BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Adam Carricker on the ticket. Position right of the quarterback, out of the shotgun, first and 20. Jailbreak screen in the air. It is tipped. It is intercepted by Carricker at the Missouri 21-yard line. Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, eight-year NFL vet and All-American defensive lineman Adam Carricker. Shotgun snap to Everett. He's got the left arm going, and now he's got a whole lot of Adam Carricker who rips him down inside the 25-yard line. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here's your host, Adam Carricker. Welcome everybody to Adam Carricker on The Ticket. It is a glorious Monday. I was going to say morning, but Monday at noon. Let's time. Just a friendly reminder, every Monday and Friday, I am live with the fastest two hours in radio. Each and every week, Monday through Friday, right here on 93.7 The Ticket. Also, you can tune in on a Tuesdays, all right, Tuesdays, we are playing the Character Chronicles, and then on Thursdays, you've got the Big Ten Show, and on Wednesdays, from noon to one, I believe you have All-American and all-around great guy, Steve Taylor, with his show from noon to one right here on 93.7 The Ticket. I got a fun show for today. We're going to talk about a little bit more than just Nebraska football, and even a little bit more than just football in general, okay? I have a life question i have a parenting question i have a dating allowing your kids to date or not date question and i want to hear what people have to say okay we're gonna get to that in a second real quick as always ge landscape supply has pavers and boulders great accents for any backyard landscaping project they sell to homeowners and contractors and they deliver anywhere near or far away stop by 6701 corner square highway check them out at gelandscapesupply.com or call 402-467-1627. Also, as always, all your hopes and dreams will come true. It's a scientific fact. Check out characterchronicles.com. Had a bunch of great interviews recently. 93.7, the ticket's own Bill Bush joined me. Volleyball legend, legend Jordan Larson joined me last week. Kenny Bell, I think that actually just dropped like eight minutes ago on YouTube at noon. Join me. Also, I get my prediction where the Nebraska will 
go to a bowl game, how many games they'll win, nine and three, three and nine. Somewhere it's going to be somewhere in there for my total uh, record prediction, win-loss record for the Huskers this year. That's my guarantee. Somewhere between nine and three, three and nine, ladies and gentlemen, I do not have a case of the Mondays. All right. Here's my question, because we got a we got a loaded show, and I do want to get to it. And as always, send your questions, your comments, your concerns, your thoughts, your otherwise, whatever it may be. Okay, call 402-464-5685 and send me your questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, and or otherwise. Call or text 402-464-5685. You know, my dad tells me I talk too fast. I don't know. I'm just me. All right, let's do this thing. So I got a text from my son's girlfriend's mom yeah that that that's that 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 made sense okay my son's girlfriend's mom he started dating this girl last week he's 14 first girlfriend now they've been friends and this is this is my question that i want to hear from you fine folks at home your thoughts your answers your advice he's known this girl for a couple of years they became friends about a year ago and she was honestly pretty aloof to him at first okay but it was a, it was a slow, a slow burn, if you will. They would they he likes the Raiders, so they would invite him over to watch the Raiders because her whole family's big time Raiders fans. And then they'd watch college football games together, and he got to know the parents a little bit. And they they've really been friends for about a year now. And last week, as if I didn't know it was coming at some point, he pulls me aside. He goes, "Dad, I got a big secret." Well, first of all, he asked her to the school dance last Friday, and she said yes, so they went. And then he goes, "I got a big secret." I go. Oh, yeah? He goes, it's about Molly. I guess I just said her name. I wasn't going to, but I digress. Um, not going to say her last name. But anyways, he goes, I asked her to be my girlfriend yesterday. And I was like, oh, what'd she say? He goes, yes. And he was all excited and this and that. But Molly's parents, who've been phenomenally phenomenal, just sent me a text. And I'm going to paraphrase. Okay. Basically, they have a, a no dating policy in their house. And they said that was until they met Jacob, which I took as incredibly complimentary but they were like you know we're trying to avoid with our kids the dating mistakes that they made when they were kids what are your thoughts on dating what are some of the rules what do you guys think and i have i literally just got the text right before i came on air so let me know all right let me know call or text 402-465-5685 he's 14 he's an eighth grader What are your thoughts on 14-year-olds dating? Should they or should they not? Should there be a no-dating policy? Okay, is it okay if they date? And what are kind of some of the rules? This is my first child, okay, who has a boyfriend and or girlfriend. This is is new ground for Adam and Angie Carriker as parents. So help us out, ladies and gentlemen. I want to know your advice, your thoughts. No dating? When can they start to date? And what are some of the ground rules, if you have any? Now, when I was in middle school, Everybody dated everybody. It was like a two-week rotation. All right, now JL's with Laura. Now Laura's with Tom. Now Adam's with with Cindy. And now Cindy's with Tom. It was like a two-week rotation. And we didn't think much of it. Nobody ever got too serious. Okay. I didn't I didn't know my wife Angie until we got to college. So that was a whole different, whole different thing by the time I met Angie. Let me know, because there's more to Adam Carricker than Nebraska football as awesome as that is. Than football as awesome as that is. Like, I'm a human being, I'm a parent, I am a son, uh, you know, I'm a husband, and I like to talk about other things beyond just the wonderful thing known as the gridiron. So let me know your thoughts. I want to hear your guys' advice, okay? All right, we do have a loaded show when it does come to football today. I want to talk, the Big Ten West is like up for grabs and kind of crazy. It wasn't that long ago 
people were messaging me on social media like, Adam, we might win one more game this year. And now everywhere I see it's it's like we're in the conversation for the Big Ten West. I love Husker fans. I really do. Okay, I want to talk about the Big Ten West. All right, it's it's up for grabs. It's kind of crazy. I want to talk next Big Ten standings real quickly, just an overall whole with the Big Ten standings. And then I want to talk a little bit of general college football. I want to look at the top 25, and I want to also give my college football playoff predictions. Like, who's going to be the four teams? The last year, I believe, was the four-team playoff, and then we go to 12 teams next year. All right. And at some point, I'll give my thoughts on the 12-team playoff as an overall whole and the expansions and things of that nature. But that's probably more of an off-season or later-in-the-season topic. So for today, we're going to talk a little bit more general college football, a little bit of life, okay, and CFP predictions as well. Now, right now, Iowa, 3-1 and one in, in the conference, 6-1 and one on the year, 24th-ranked team in the country. They have the worst offense in the entire country, like like legit. They have more punt yards than offensive yards. Uh, I will give them credit. They are undefeated when they score at least one point this year, so you got to show them some love for that. All right, you look at some of these stats, and they're first place in the Big Ten West, and right now they're in the driver's seat, and they don't exactly have murderer's row as far as a schedule in front of them. Like, they're in the driver's seat right now to go to the Big Ten championship game. Now, they do have to play Minnesota. All right. Let me grab those Big Ten standings real quick because Iowa, Big Ten 3-1. and one. Wisconsin 2-1, and one, that loss is to Iowa, so Iowa's got the edge there. Now, okay, the teams that Iowa has coming up, okay, are a lot of teams that somehow still have a chance themselves of making the playoffs, okay? You look at Minnesota, Okay, if Minnesota beats them, they both have two losses in the conference. Minnesota would have the tiebreaker. Northwestern, same thing. I know Northwestern, I believe they just lost their quarterback, and he was kind of their driving force this year. Rutgers is in the east. Illinois is next on their schedule. They're pretty much eliminated from Big Ten, uh, the Big Ten championship game conversation, although they did just upset Maryland, which I did not, did not see coming. I really don't think Illinois is a very good team, and I think Maryland's pretty good, but I, was, I got that one wrong. And then, of course, playing Nebraska at the end of the year. Now, you look at, all right, some of these stats for Iowa's offense are just staggering. But I actually say this with respect because I should lead off with this. Here's what they don't do. They don't score points very often. Here's what they also don't do. At one point in Saturday's game, you may have seen this on social media or if you were watching the game. By the way, one of the most difficult football games I've ever had in my entire life to try to sit through and watch was Iowa-Wisconsin last Saturday. Okay, but they had a six-drive span where they had a total net of three yards at one point in the game. But here They don't score points, but here's what else they don't do. They don't have penalties. They don't have turnovers. Okay, they, they don't beat themselves, and they just find a way to win as rear-end ugly as it is half the time. Okay, now when you look at their offense, now this was coming into the game. Coming into the game Saturday, they were averaging 21 points per game, which is under that 25-point threshold. We'll revisit that at some point later in the season. Baby Ferentz, you know, in his contract restructuring, which is probably going to end up meaning absolutely nothing. Okay. And they scored 15 on Saturday and won by nine. Okay. They were nine-and-a-half-point underdogs, scored a total of 15 points, and then won by nine points. Now, Wisconsin's quarterback transferred from SMU, Tanner 
uh, Mordecai got knocked out in the second quarter, so that didn't help. And he's been struggling to begin with this year. So I can only imagine how much their backup has struggled, so to speak, in practice if he couldn't win the job. Okay, Iowa's been averaging 249 yards per game. That is the lowest of any, the lowest average of any bowl subdivision team. And they're 6-1. and one. Okay, that's crazy to me. They were outgained Saturday by almost 100 yards, 324 to 237. And they found a way to win by nearly double digits. I mean, as much fun as I like to poke at Iowa's offense, and if you ever watch the Big Ten show that I do with Jeff Turn, which also airs here on 93.7 The Ticket, I poke a lot of fun at Iowa's offense. But they just keep winning. They just, their defense is sound. Cooper Jajon is a weapon in the return game. Their special teams is sound. They just find ways to win. Now, here is, here is my deal. I, I do see a couple of losses on their schedule. And this is what opens the door for other teams. Now, they haven't really played a tough schedule at all this year. They're not going to finish with a brutal schedule. Minnesota, I don't think is that good. Northwestern, losing their QB really hurt them. I think Rutgers is actually pretty good. I think they lose that game. I'm, I'm just not going to predict Illinois to actually beat it. I'm not going to predict them to beat anybody. I actually think Nebraska beats Iowa. So I think the door is open. So as bad as their offense is, and as insane as it is that they find ways to win, they're in the driver's seat. But I do think the door is wide open. Now you look at Wisconsin, they're 2-1 and one in the Big Ten West. Played two ranked teams this year and lost both those games by multiple possessions. Northwestern, Minnesota, Nebraska all sit at 1-2 and two in the West. They're in the conversation. Nebraska has a lot of winnable games. Northwestern is very winnable. Michigan State is winnable. You know, even Maryland just lost to Illinois. Wisconsin doesn't look like dynamite. Iowa at the end of the year. Purdue, okay, this is the team that's looked, they looked really good against Illinois, and other than that, they've looked really bad the rest of the year. So I see games that are winnable for Nebraska, losable for Iowa. Every game's winnable and losable for Iowa. I don't know what the heck to make out of that team other than their offense is god-awful, but, yeah, they can't somehow. All right, you look at this past weekend in college football as an overall whole, okay? So I guess what I'm saying is the Big Ten West is always the wild, wild west every year, and every year just about every team is in the conversation with a month or two to go left in the season. You will enter November with probably like four teams still in the conversation to win in the Big Ten West. Okay. You look at the rest of the games this weekend, Washington and Oregon. Here's the crazy thing. When you're going back and forth from watching Iowa and Wisconsin to Washington, Oregon, you want to talk about two different, <laughs> two different football games. It's like two teams who have no idea how to play offense to the top two offenses in the entire country, maybe right outside of USC. Of course, they played a legit defense Saturday in Notre Dame, and they didn't look the same. I mean, Washington, Oregon, what a game it was. Exciting game, lots of points. Two teams that are going to be in the Big Ten next year. Okay. It was interesting with – I actually felt like Oregon was the better team in the game, but Washington found a way to win. Their defense isn't consistently great, the Huskies, but they are – Really good at the right times. The goal line stand they had against Oregon with about six and a half to go was huge. Okay. And you look at it for me, and I think Washington is a team that may have one of the best offenses we've seen in quite a long time in college football. 
Uh, I look back to 2019 LSU. That LSU team's more talented, probably, although they have a top 10 pick of quarterback and Michael Penix Jr. They got two NFL wide receivers. Talking about the Huskies right now, they've got an incredibly explosive offense, maybe the most explosive team in the entire country. The, the teams that look like the two most explosive, just explosive teams to me are Washington and Penn State. I also think they're the two most underrated teams. Washington finally broke into the top five after beating Oregon. Okay, let's look at some of these other games. Colorado blows a 29-point lead to Stanford on Friday night. So I watched that first half. Stanford looked awful. Colorado looked good. Not great, but it was more really bad Stanford, in my opinion. And then I go to bed because it's a late game. I wake up, and my wife shows me the score, and I think it's like a gift or a meme, so I don't really pay attention. She's like, no, 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 Adam, that's a screenshot of the actual score, and I about fell over. Man, and I can sit here and I can dog on Colorado because they're a rival and – you know, they bring a lot of it on themselves and all that. I watched Dion in the post game, and he said, we're going to take this one on the chin like we should. I actually gained some respect for Dion in the post game and how he handled that loss. And he admitted it was rough and tough. And we can, I can only imagine, you know, what that was like. That's largest comeback in Stanford school history. I actually gained some respect for Dion after everyone knows who's listened to me. I was a big fan of Dion as a player. I always, he was always cocky and confident, but it was never. And I think where I differ between him and Shadur, I feel like Shadur is more of a, a disrespectful in your face with it. You know, um, like when rule and the team and the guys are at midfield on the logo and he comes in and, and starts talking trash and rules like you want to pray with us. And then he starts flashing the watch. Okay. And I know the ASU student section, was talking trash to him, but to run down to the other end zone and flash the watch symbol or whatever he was doing. You know, with Dion, he was always cocky. He was always confident. But I never felt like it was disrespectful in the face of anyone else. In fact, there's clips of him going against Jerry Rice where he offers Jerry Rice a handshake in between plays. And so to me, that's a, where I think Shadur's a little bit different than Dion in my mind. Like Shadur's and then they go up to Oregon, I might add, Colorado, and they stomp all over Oregon's logo, which to me is where they completely lost me as far as the hypocrisy. I was like, yeah, I'm done. That's where you've lost me officially. I, I can't stand the hypocrisy. You have legit things to take personal, like what Jay Norvell said. You made up things about Matt Rule and Nebraska that weren't true, and then you went out and picked a fight at midfield when they're trying to pray. And then you make the logo thing a whole big issue, and then you go up to Oregon, you stomp all over it. So to me, that's where I think, in my mind, I differ how I view Shadur versus Dion. It's why I'm more of a fan of Dion than I am Shadur. Okay, and that's just my opinion. Man, I haven't gotten to half of what I want to talk about yet. All right, let's get to the next thing. USC, dominated by Notre Dame. A two-loss Notre Dame team who looked really bad versus Louisville. Then Louisville goes out and loses back by uh, double digits last weekend. College football is crazy. You never know what team is going to show up on any given Saturday. Look at how... Ungreat Georgia has looked at times this year. Then when they want to turn it on versus Kentucky, boom, they look like Georgia a couple weeks ago. And I know Kentucky lost again last Saturday. College football is so unpredictable. I freaking love it. Notre Dame was at the end of a brutal stretch of games. Okay, from Ohio State to Louisville to Duke on the road, then USC. Now they get a bye week. And they came out and dominated USC. I predicted Notre Dame to win that game because they had a bye week. They were going to lay it out on the line. They were embarrassed last last week versus Louisville or two Saturdays ago now and they actually play defense and block people and win the trenches 
And I didn't think they dominate USC, but they did win, and I, I wasn't shocked by that. The one that surprised me more than anything was Illinois beating Maryland, and that was the case of Maryland has more athletes, Illinois is more physical, and that's why Illinois won that game. If you watch that game, there wasn't a ton of, ton of fans in the stands for Maryland. It was kind of a damp Big Ten type of weather day, and Illinois played Big Ten football and beat a team that probably has more athletes than them in Maryland. Okay. Uh, Louisville, as I mentioned, they lost by double digits. All right. The Pac-12. Man, the Pac-12. This is like the best the Pac-12 has been. I think I talked about this last week. Since 2000, when Washington beat a Miami team that should have gone to the national championship, but Florida State ended up going, and then Oklahoma ended up beating them, I think, 13-2 to two or something like that in the Orange Bowl. And I say Miami should have gone because them and Florida State both had one loss. Miami beat Florida State, but the BCS computers put Florida State in, if anybody remembers that. Well, Washington actually beat Miami that year, had one loss. They had an argument, too. They were four in the country. Okay, Oregon State was five in the country with one loss. Oregon was eight in the country. And they all just kind of beat each other up. This year, there's legit six really good teams. At one point, there were six ranked teams in the Pac-12. Okay, you look at Washington State. Okay, they get rolled by Arizona, who almost beat Washington, who almost beat USC. This is the same Washington State team that beat Wisconsin by double digits. Okay. The Pac-12. I'm going to miss that conference. I'm also happy to see Washington, Oregon, USC, UCLA join the Big Ten, but I'm going to miss that conference. I'm glad they're at least going out with a bang, and I will. We're going to give some reaction to Matt Rule's press conference here shortly. I do want to get to some of the national rankings, my CFP playoff predictions. My biggest concern with putting a Pac-12 team in the playoff is are they are they just going to beat each, all beat each other up and knock each other out of the playoff? Um, I do have a Pac-12 team in the playoff, okay, in my predictions. All right. I have four of the Power Five Conference champions in. I have one out. I will explain why and who that is. Okay, we're also going to go over Matt Rule's the highlights from his press conference here shortly. But again, the biggest thing on my docket today, eighth graders dating. What are the rules? How should this work? Should they not date until they're 30? How does this work? My dad thinks my, uh, Jacob should wait until he's 30. That's why I said that. I think my dad was joking. I'm not entirely sure. I'm not entirely sure. But anyways, don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.